As I mentioned yesterday, the church views Christ in, in his fullness and has no problem on this third day of Christmas giving us a gospel as we celebrate St. John's feast day that is the resurrection because the, the whole mystery is all, it's all one in, in the Lord. We're told that John goes into the tomb, he saw and believed. And that captures the, what was going on in the depths of his heart, coming to full belief in the Lord risen here from the dead. In the first reading today, John captures for us what we celebrate at Christmas, the, the real heart of it. John says what, what we have heard and seen with our eyes, what we looked upon, what we touched with our hands, this real encounter that we had with Jesus Christ concerns the one who is the word of life, who was from the beginning. And so this incredible mystery, God, who is from the beginning, the, the one whom eternity cannot contain, is made flesh and takes on a, a real human body. And that, that's the mystery of Christmas, the, the word become flesh. And John, in, in, there's some beautiful moment where, where John is brought to faith in that reality that the, the one that he was close to, the, the one whose love he received in, in a particular way, the beloved disciple, there's a moment at which he comes to realize that this is God. This is not just a, a man whose teachings have drawn me in. It's not just uh, a great prophet who, who works mighty deeds, but it's God himself. I just wonder what that, that moment must have been like for John when, when these two realities meet in faith in John's heart, that, that I, get, I get to be this close to him, but he's God. And the joy that must have overwhelmed John's heart, because so many years later, when he's writing his letters to the church, that's, that's what he is drawing from. And we, we hear it today, that this reality that the word has been made flesh and he says this is what we're proclaiming to you now we want you to share in that we want you to have fellowship with us in that and john says the reason that we're writing this to you is so that our joy may be complete so decades later john is still drawing out of his own heart from the overflow of joy that that he got to experience the, the word, the eternal word made, made flesh, that he could see him and, and touch him and hear him. And so for John, we often referred to, I think even in the Magnificat, there, there's a reference to him today this way, that he's, just, he's one of these evangelists of Christmas or of the incarnation. So today we, we ask him to pray for us, for our parish family, especially as we celebrate his feast day, that, that we would get to share in and, and receive from that same overflow of joy that he experienced.
And the awesome thing is that it's opened up for us here in the sacrament. John writing so many years after the Lord ascended into heaven, he just knows you can have this as well. This is opened up and made real for you also. And so we, we pray on this third day of Christmas that this whole mystery of the word made flesh would, would come to life in our hearts and that the joy that John had would, would be a special joy given to our parish today. On the Feast of St. John, um, I was just kind of digging around again because often his feast day does get lost here in the midst of, of kind of the, the, I don't mean this in a negative way, kind of like the hangover of Christmas in terms of like, wow, we just had like 3,500 people come to Mass the other day and now we're trying to clean up from it all. But one of the, the traditions on the Feast of St. John is, is the blessing of wine. And uh, part of the, the, the history of that might be that there, you know, there are stories out, outside of Scripture of all the different apostles that were put together. And one of the stories from, from something that we, we refer to as the Acts of St. John the Evangelist is the story when he was in Ephesus of being challenged by one of the, the pagan priests, John, who in his preaching and life of the early church was attracting more to Christ, was challenged by this pagan priest. And he said, well, I will believe in your God if you drink this cup of wine that's been poisoned and if you don't die. And so uh, very often in art, you'll see St. John depicted with a chalice, which has like one or two snake heads coming out of it. And the, the story, you can go online and, and read it, but there's a whole account of this dialogue back and forth with the pagan priest and with St. John. But it gets to the point where St. John blesses the chalice and the poison is released from it in the form of, of these little green snakes. And then he drinks it and he's fine. And so it's acting on the words that we read in St. Mark's Gospel where Jesus promised to the apostles, you will drink deadly poison and not be harmed. So anyway, because of that, today there's a, there's a tradition of blessing wine, and it also is connected in some ways with the, the wedding feast at Cana, which John is the only one who tells us about that. So sometimes the, the, the cup of wine is referred to as, um, as the, the, the love of St. John, and there's, there are prayers that, are, that families can offer around that. It also connects back with the, the poison chalice. So I don't know, whichever one's more meaningful for you, you can enjoy a glass of wine today and maybe, I don't know, at some point we'll have a big wine festival here on the Feast of St. John the Evangelist. But um, at least today, we can start by me telling you about that and you drinking wine later on today. So. Um, we move to the altar and, and we'll pray that our, our love for Christ in the Eucharist uh, will deepen through the intercession of St. John, that he who rested against his heart would, would pray that, that our hearts will grow that much closer to the Lord here as we feed on his body and blood.